0: Hey there, patrons and soon-to-be patrons. This is your bonus podcast episode for 304. Uh, It's an interview with Sol Eubanks. He was the guest on the main podcast this week. Um, I loved my conversation with him. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. Uh, We play some of his music. We talk about his um, activism and his creativity. And I was especially moved by the way that he really seems to create just because he loves it. Um, And then it's a added bonus when other people like it too, which is something I struggle with. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. maybe you do this and maybe with creative work or with, um, you know, not creative work, just whatever you're doing in your life. Sometimes I get paralyzed by this idea of worrying if someone's gonna like the thing I'm making or getting really um, devastated when people don't seem to care about the thing. Um, And I just loved his energy of, creating for the sake of creating because he loves it and then having the extra surprise bonus when people also really like the thing that he made. So, ah, it seems like a simple thing, but it's a challenge for me and it's been for a long time and and it was really cool to hear this. So, today's episode is a day late. I apologize for that. Yesterday, I had a really intense... Um, dental appointment. (laughs) It was three hours long in the dental chair. I go to the NYU dental school. I have a ton of problems with my teeth. That's a whole issue. We could talk about that another day or not. It's probably not that interesting. Um, Mostly it it accounts for a combination of my tendency to avoid and put things off um, and the How difficult it is to get health care in the United States, especially dental care. Like, I have health insurance now, but it really doesn't do much. So, anyway, I go to the NYU Dental School, which is cheaper. It also is much slower, and you also become privy to hearing terrifying conversations about what they're about to do to your teeth. (laughs) Because the uh, the student dentist runs, like when things come up, the, they stop and they get an instructor and they have a whole conversation about your teeth. So a tooth that I thought was going to get a root canal yesterday, um, I'm already telling you too much about this. Let me finish this part and then I'm going to go on with, with business. <laughs> a tooth that I thought was going to have a root canal for about 20 minutes sounded like they were going to have to pull it out. And it's a canine, like one of those front teeth. And I was like, wait, well, oh no, Um, they didn't pull it out. They did a lot of work on it and it still needs a lot more work, Um, but it's still in my head and I feel happy about that. So that is why I (laughs) spent a lot of the rest of the day yesterday just sort of recovering. Um, It was a long time to sit in a dental chair. It was three hours um, with drilling and shots and conversations about pulling teeth and not pulling teeth. It's a lot. So anyway, that's a long way of saying I apologize for this bonus podcast being late. Another point before we get to the interview, this podcast, I'm putting this bonus podcast in the regular feed for two reasons. One is I thought it'd be nice to just share with the uh, uh, regular subscribers what one of these bonus podcasts is like, uh, if you were curious. These are generally available at uh, pa- uh, patreon.com slash Michael Heron for subscribers of $5 or more uh, each time I put up a podcast. With a couple of rare exceptions, I always put up a bonus podcast too, um, and it's something like this where I uh, have some sort of conversation. <laughs> Usually, it's a little more intriguing than my teeth, and um, and then a bonus uh, interview. Or sometimes there's a recipe. And sometimes there's different stuff. So anyway, I I got the idea to do this because this conversation with Soul was. Pretty phenomenal. And there were some things that he said about um, the intersection of animal rights and race for him, that as he was talking, it seemed just not okay to put that this, what I felt was really, uh, I, 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 it feels like important conversation to me, it feels like something that I would like people to hear. So putting it behind a paywall just didn't make sense. Uh, And I sort of went back and forth about editing that part out and putting the main podcast. Instead, here's the whole bonus podcast uh, available for free. If you like it and you like my other work, you could always go to patreon.com slash Michael Heron and subscribe. Um, But the podcast is going to be free forever. So forever, that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you that it's probably going to be for free. Anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for listening to this interesting odd intro and um, see you next week. Here's the interview with Sol Eubanks. Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast. Uh, Sol Eubanks is joining me here again. Hello, Soul. Thanks for joining me again. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and we're going to talk about some other stuff. Um, one of the things that really stuck out for me was that we didn't really get to talk to in the main episode was you mentioned that you were using your art and I think especially your, your uh, hip hop music as a kind of therapy as a way to work some things out. And And I wonder about that, especially when you were talking about the description of without a dollar, is there something you could talk about there?
1: Yeah, definitely. So growing up, I would say around the age of 10 or 11, I think, as a young black male in America, well, not even just as a young black male, um, just being black in America or being of any minority, but specifically being black, you start to really get bombarded with how society views you differently than essentially everyone else. I was talking to my mom recently about a time when I was, I think, 12 years old and It was a drugstore that we just always went to that was around the corner. And one day I went in there by myself and this guy just kept following me around the store. And I specifically was, I I noticed him. So I started moving and trying to intentionally see if he was following me. And he was, and he came up to me and he was like, you know, I'm I'm sorry that I'm following you. The owners are making me um, follow all the, uh, any of the kids that are coming in, any of the um, young black kids that are coming in. I went home, told my mom and, you know, she just kept apologizing. And so I started to just really look at the lens of how black people are treated in America. And this is in the same context that in school, you start to learn a lot more about slavery. And that's like a just a limited portion of what it's like, well, just of the black experience. Like our experience goes way further back than slavery. You know, African civilization essentially is the foundation of modern civilization. That's where a lot of the practices that we have in modern society come from. So um, so just, I guess, coming to terms with all of this um, and just hearing tales of other artists and their experiences with the police in America, I just started to write. And that was a way for me to express myself. And this is what, maybe 20 plus years ago, you know, therapy, not only in the black community, isn't something that's heralded, it's something that's kind of shunned upon. I think it's been changing within the last couple of years, but definitely 20 years ago, therapy in the black community was just, it was almost seen like a form of elitism. Like it's just something, it wasn't something that we did. So writing was a way for me to kind of express myself and really get out all of my frustrations. And talk about how I see the world, how I feel about the world, and just share my share my story and not suppress all of that that was inside of me.
0: Did it have the desired effect? But as I ask that, I think about, like, oh, maybe you didn't – did Did you realize that's what you were doing when you were writing, like working some of that stuff out, or, or was it kind of what we talked about in the first podcast where you just felt the the need to start creating something?
1: So it was both – initially it was the need to create something and just – be just active in something. But I think the further along that I, um, that I continued, it definitely became more of a form of therapy. And I started to notice that maybe in my early twenties when I was like, okay, not only is it's cool to just make content to make it, but now I see the world differently. Like I have to say something like I have a, whatever, I didn't have a platform or anything, but I just kind of looked at music as my platform. And I said, you know what, I'm going to intentionally talk about these things because it's not only something that I have to get off my chest, it's something that I need to do for me. So I became a lot more self-aware around um, my early to mid-20s about how it was impacting my energy after I wrote a verse or made a song, how I felt so much better after I made a song about breaking up or my first love or relationships that went wrong. I started to realize, okay, this is a form of therapy.
0: Do you think your experience as a black man in America um, sort of informed the part of you that became vegan? Do you think those things are connected?
1: Oh, absolutely. So I think if I, I don't want to say if I wasn't black, I wouldn't be vegan, but I would definitely say that being exposed to oppression at such a young, early age, made me more apt to identify other forms of oppression in society. And once, you know, I I think I was such, I don't even want to say such, I still am an advocate um, for people of color in all that I do. But I think I was so obsessed with my own type of oppression, Mm -hmm. for a while I turned blind to others. And once I kind of got out of my own head and started to look at being more mindful and how the things that I do impact others, and I discovered how animals are treated, that just blew my mind, not only because it's done on such a massive scale, but it's something that I contributed to daily for the large majority of my life and I thought nothing of it. So that really drove me to really be an advocate even more so than I was probably for myself because I had so much of a desire to just, I guess, check my own self and check my own emotions and know that there's other things that are happening to others because I was just, like I said, as a black man, I was raised to just look at the oppression of black people almost in a sense as on a pedestal to others, not comparing them, but I was just inundated with the suffering of black people mm-hmm. but once i saw that the scale of other beings and how they suffer it wasn't a comparison it was just like a wow not only are they suffering i'm also contributing to it knowing what not even consciously and our society is doing it so it yeah, is definitely intertwined there is no you know single form of discrimination it's all just different branches of the same tree
0: I'm I'm having a moment of like, oh shit, I think this needs to be in the main podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> this conversation is so good. Um, what? I don't know. I'll I'll figure that out on my own later. I think <laughs> but like this is stuff that I don't feel like keeping like behind Patreon paywall kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. that's but uh, because it's so valuable, like this is really so important for people to like connect and make these make these connections. I like, cuz I'm I'm gay and like a lot of I think a lot of what it was like growing up gay affected my, like, it, it's connected for me too. It, I mean, I know they are different things, but the same, the, the feeling oppressed or othered really made me aware of what's happening to animals. And just like you, I was like, wait, I'm doing this too? Like, no, this just doesn't match with, you know, how I feel others should be treated.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so did, I don't think we touched on exactly what happened to make you go vegan. Like, or did we, did we, and now I'm suddenly like, wait, did we?
1: No, we didn't uh, actually, which is funny because typically that's like one of the first things I always talk about whenever I speak to people or something, but you know, the conversation was just so good and we spoke upon so many things that, um, yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Um, so initially, well, I did say I was vegetarian for about, Did I say I was vegetarian for about 10 years? Yeah,
0: yeah, you did say that.
1: Okay, so yeah, so I was vegetarian for about a decade, but it wasn't for ethical reasons. Um, So I stopped being vegetarian at around 27-ish. So I was vegetarian for about, from 17 to around 26 to 27. Slightly, a few years later, I left work and started to do more spiritual work. And so it got to a point where I left my job and I was, you know, able to sustain myself for maybe a year or two without having to need a job or a nine to five. And while I was doing all of this self-discovery and discovering, you know, what mindfulness is and um, just trying to be a better environmentalist, um, I, this, I started to understand that, you know, having money is, is really irrelevant. I mean, we all needed to survive in our society, but it's just things like after you buy you know another picture on your wall like how how many pair of shoes can you buy? you can only wear one at a time. It's like how many things can you get right. so this is kind of what drove me to be more mindful and as I started to just do more internal work, I came across this movie cowspiracy, which I'm sure you've heard of, yeah, so I watched that and I just couldn't believe how bad of an environmentalist I was because I was eating animal products. It just blew my mind once again that. Here I am thinking I'm doing the best by conserving water or using less plastic all the while I am eating these products that are having such a negative impact on society. So initially I became vegan for environmental reasons. But once I started to watch, you know, more debates online and do more research, the ethics of veganism started to really resonate with me. And that's when I began doing activism. So essentially, it was just watching Cowspiracy and then doing more research about the ethics after that. So I would say after about six months of watching documentaries and films, after I'd already been vegan, I started doing activism.
0: Mm. Man, those documentaries will get you every time.
1: They really will. They change people's lives.
0: Yeah. And then Cowspiracy is one. I, I I was already vegan when I saw Cowspiracy. But I didn't understand the environmental part at all. And it was – this one of my challenges with veganism has been, you know, like, I have this weird sort of idealistic slash angry <laughs> response. Like, all, like, when I went vegan and I had stuck with it for a while, I was really excited. And I wanted to, like, spread the word and, like, tell everyone on Facebook, like, hey, oh, my God, you guys, we don't have to do this anymore. Isn't this yeah. great news? And people got – pissed off at me you know they felt judged and you know the things that happen when we try to advocate about veganism Mm -hmm. uh, and then I get pissed off (laughs) so that happened again with me with cowspiracy um -hmm. but you know like over the years of being vegan I've learned how to like sort of uh work on my delivery and and realize (laughs) what 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 facts you could kind of like squeeze in sneak in on people yeah Um, but also by doing art like and and creating which we both do is such a great tool for that you know cuz i like i my performance type work that has to do with veganism it's really interesting the people that i think would probably be really combative with me about things instead like they've gone to a little theater to see a show and they're ready to receive a message so i think that probably happens with your your music and your photographs and and your videos and all that stuff too like people when they go to youtube they're like oh what's someone what's someone want to tell me today they're kind of looking for something to say or looking for something to argue with which is a whole nother thing
1: yeah you're right um these things have an impact in ways that you didn't even think could. I mean, you never know how much of an impact the things that you do have on others. And I'm just, because oftentimes, especially in a creative space, you create within a bubble. Like you don't really create and see, like you're not there when people are typically like listening to your music for the first time or seeing your photos for the first time or whatever it may be. So you create it and you put it out into the world and that's that, but you never know. I mean, I have people that, you know, see stuff that I wrote or pictures that I did from years ago, even this, the music that we just played, um, you know, that was done five or six years ago and, you know, it's still being able to impact to this day. So you never really see all the fruits of your labor, but um, it definitely has an impact on people in ways we,
0: Don't even imagine. Yeah. And that's one of the cool things about the internet. Like as much as, I mean, there's a lot to complain about the internet, obviously, and social media, but like that you're you're able to have a website where your music is just there now and someone can run across it like, and without you having to do anything except keep your website up. Um, So that's a really cool thing to let, you know, let our messages and our work and all these things just continue to exist. Um, and people might stumble on them. We might encourage people to look at them, but it's I don't know, it's I have these little waves of like, Wow, technology, it's so cool. Like, and it's technology we've known about for a while, but it's still like, whoa, it's great. It's great that we live in this kind of world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The world is a lot more connected. yeah, oh man, it's been so good talking to you. Um, we should wrap up this part of the interview, which i I, I really feel like this may be a bonus podcast that I just put into the regular podcast feed too because we talked about so much good stuff
1: yeah we really did it is yeah i'm interested to see exactly how you put it together <laughs>
0: myself all right so thank you so much for joining me on both of these podcasts i'll be continuing to follow your work and i'm sure my listeners will be too
1: thank you so much it's been a great couple of conversations it just felt like one fluid interaction it didn't really feel like we did anything separately It just felt like we were friends just chatting and getting to know each other so thanks for allowing me to be here